It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we do hope you have your Bibles out. Welcome into the Virtual Bible Study for May 29th, 2008. We're live on your computer tonight, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. You can comment over email or over the phone tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. We hope you'll take a minute to join in on the discussion my father, Greg Gwynn, is with me tonight. Hello, Dad. Welcome to the program. Jacob, thank you. Good to be with you, as always, on Thursday night for our virtual Bible study. And we're glad for all who are listening, our regular Thursday night study group on the Internet. And we thank you for making it a regular Thursday night appointment. We hope you tell others about it, spread the word, help us get the message out about the virtual Bible and study. And we have some listeners who are doing that with their bumper stickers, their magnetic bumper stickers. Still a few left if you'd like one. Send us an email with your snail mail address, and we'll be glad to send you a magnetic bumper sticker for your car, and you can help spread the word. We, we had we had one of our regular listeners up in the Northeast uh, who had a bumper sticker, Jacob, but got swiped off of her car. Somebody really wanted to advertise a virtual Bible study, I think. And I guess, story. you know, I always thought, uh, you know, there have been times when I left my Bible in an unlocked car, and I thought, well, if somebody steals my Bible, they need it. So, you know, uh, but maybe somebody needed that magnetic bumper sticker. I hope it wasn't a bank robber and was trying to use that to sort of deter the uh, people from thinking, well, he's got a virtual Bible study bumper sticker. Surely he's not the bank robber. Yeah, hope not. All right. Uh, we, we can send you one of those bumper stickers if you want one. As Jacob said, send us your snail mail address. Uh, also... Um, we want to uh, tell you about our regular weekly update. If you will send us a, an email message and just say, add me to your list. If you're not already getting our weekly updates about the virtual Bible study, we'd be glad to get you on that email list. And on the day, uh, during the day on Thursday, we send out a sort of an, uh, an idea of what our topic is going to be for that evening. And we ask some questions and start getting feedback from people concerning the topic that we're going to study that night. We did that today. Again, if you want to be on that update list and you're not, send me a, an email message to questions at collegeview.com. Just put in the subject line, add me to the list, and we'll do it. But here were the questions, Jacob, we sent out today. We decided we'd like to talk about the theme of heaven, and we sent out uh, these questions. Number one, what are some of the mistaken ideas people have concerning what heaven will be like? That was number one. Number two, what will heaven really be like? And number three, and I think this is an interesting question. We're going to save it till the end of the, the study tonight. Will we recognize one another? Will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? Why or why not? We want to talk about that toward the end of the program. You've got a lot of time to get in. Send us your answer. What do you think? Will we recognize one another in heaven? Let us know what you think on that. But also, we want to talk about misimpressions of heaven and an accurate view of what heaven will be like. All right, Dad. So you've told our subject for tonight. Uh, we want to talk about heaven and I think it is important for us to talk about heaven in the world that we live in, the stresses of daily life, uh, the trials and tribulations that we have to go through. It does us good. It is refreshing to talk about heaven, to think about heaven, and to focus on our ultimate destination as Christians as we strive to live a life that's pleasing to God. We want to go to heaven, and that certainly is a refreshing thought. Joining us on the program tonight from Athens, Alabama, 
joins us on the phone tonight. Brad Collins is here. Hello, Brad. Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Greg. It really is a pleasure to be with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here, Brad. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Brad, I wanted to talk with you a little bit tonight. You you really sort of spawned the discussion tonight in an email discussion that you and I had had a couple weeks ago about uh, heaven. And you just mentioned in passing to me that you thought that people had a misunderstanding about what heaven is all about. That was interesting to me because a lot of people have a misunderstanding about hell. You know, Brad, people say that hell is maybe a temporary place, is not eternal. Some people say hell doesn't exist at all. Uh, and that certainly is common in the religious world today. But you mentioned to me that you thought heaven was misunderstood by many. Right, and the kind of thing I'm thinking about, and I'm, I'm sure that a little bit of this is is tongue-in-cheek, as it were, uh, but I'm thinking of maybe the, the the sequences from some of the old Looney Tunes cartoons where one of the cartoon characters is blown up, and when the when the smoke clears, there he is in a gown, lounging on a cloud, and he's plucking a harp, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, okay, yes, that's a cartoon misimpression, but I, I sort of get the impression that a lot of people believe that heaven is going to be something along those lines, uh, either just just lounging around for all eternity or, or, or whatever it is that you find pleasing in this life. Maybe it's sitting in a boat on the lake and fishing all day, or maybe it's I don't know, watching a NASCAR race or, 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 or something like that. Just whatever it is that you find to be, uh, whatever you find that gives you pleasure and whatever you take your leisure time to do, that's what you're going to do for all eternity. But I just don't really think that the, the Bible paints that picture. You mean, Brad, it won't be a golf course that makes the Augusta National look like a, 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 a desert wasteland? It won't be that, it won't be golf on the most fabulous golf course you ever saw? Well, I don't get that impression. If it is, it will certainly be a surprise to me. And if it, if we got to play golf for an eternity, well, that's going to be rough on me. Well, but it'd be uh, golf. Be it'll be golf on a golf course better than the Augusta National, and you'll hit a perfect shot every time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if they uh, would you, have you know, to be. There was actually a, a movie here a number of years ago. Uh, I think it was called What Dreams May Come, and the main character dies, and, and then in this afterlife, everything is a everything is vivid colors, and even the the flowers they weren't they weren't simply flowers. They actually were made of paint or ink or something like that. And it was because this this particular character just had a very vivid imagination, and so that's what his afterlife is. But that's that's not really. Even though there will be some wonderful things in heaven, that's, that's not really the paint, the picture that the Bible paints of it. Oh, yeah, I guess, Brad, the, some people have the impression that heaven is sort of a figment of your imagination, and whatever is pleasant and pleasing to you, that's what your heaven will be like, and my heaven will be a little bit different than yours. That, that's right. And you know, too, and this, <laughs> I sort of hesitate to, to go this way, but there's a song that's in a lot of our songbooks. That makes me a little uncomfortable. I typically don't lead it unless perhaps I'm asked to, but it's uh, in the songbook I'm looking at here. It's it's titled The Mansion Over the Hilltop. And the first verse, I'm sure most of you are familiar with it, is uh, I'm satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that's silver lined. Yeah. Now, the, the, the verses that come after this maybe redeem the song a, a little bit, but it just seems to me that the overall tone of the song is focused more about the 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 the, the valuables in heaven or 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 the uh, the physical representation that we're given of heaven, and and not really the 
Oh, the heart of the matter, I guess. And why I, I gotta, really want to be in heaven. I got to agree with you about that song, Brad. I've never been, been very comfortable with that song because it does, it, it, it seems to make heaven a carnal thing and, yes. and, and, uh, a materialistic view of what we will receive if God grants us the blessing of heaven and eternity. It, it's, it's almost mercenary in its tone that I'm doing this for what I can get out of it kind of a thing. And, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that song as well for that very reason. You know, I, as you've been talking, Brad, I, I, I wanted to, to tell you what some of our responders have said concerning mistaken ideas of what heaven would be like. Very similar. I think a lot of us probably thinking along the same lines. Uh, Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee says, uh, the mistaken idea of heaven, everyone with wings singing on clouds, uh, is what he said. And you mentioned that. That's almost a cartoon caricature of, of what heaven will be like. Uh, John in Indianapolis, Indiana writes, uh, mistaken I- the mistaken idea of heaven is whatever your favorite activity is, that's what you will do in heaven, like fishing, he says, that it will be an eternal rest with nothing to do. And all of my loved ones will be there. Uh, we might comment about that, you know, the, the idea. And, and, and we're going to touch more on that later when we talk about will we recognize one another in heaven. But, you know, uh, when he says all of my loved ones will be there, that goes to the idea that the vast majority of people think they're going to go to heaven. And that's that's not even true in itself. And then, then let me read to you uh, from Kelly. And I'm not, she's up in the Northeast somewhere. I believe she's in Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore, I believe that is right. Kelly writes, uh, mistaken views. Some people think it's going to be their heart's desire. If they love to shop, it's going to be like a never ending shopping spree. It'll be like going to the Bahamas or another great tropical getaway just to, to relax and have fun hanging out with friends. They're going to be surrounded by everyone that was good on earth. All good people go to heaven. The only ones not going are those that kill, rape, abuse, or don't believe God exists. The people they loved will be there. It will just be shooting the breeze with God. So it seems like a, a lot of people are, are seeing some of the same mistaken notions. that They're perceiving that people have these same mistaken notions about heaven. And Brad, uh, I'll let you comment on this. Uh, when, in the meantime, if you'd like to join in on the discussion, the number to call is 877-381-4567 or email your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com. Brad, I'll let you comment on this, though. Uh, it seems that really deep down inside, uh, this may show a problem that we all need to struggle with and overcome, is that is that we're, we're still, while we may say that we're trying to be spiritual in this life, when it gets down to it, we really are carnal uh, fundamentally, and we're, we're focusing on things that are physical and carnal, and we think that heaven will be all the physical and carnal things that we enjoy without the negatives to go along with it, and simply that's not the case. Heaven is a spiritual place, and uh, these physical things aren't going to be included. I, I think that's right, and uh, I mean, it's, it's difficult to do. We live in a, in, a, in a physical world, a carnal world, and so it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to separate what we find pleasure in or, or what we take comfort in from from the more spiritual terms that the Bible talks about heaven in. And, and of course, in fairness, it also it represents heaven as, as, as being uh, made of gold and precious, uh, precious gems and that kind of thing. So it, it's, it's not that these kind of impressions are totally unwarranted, but it's, it, it's as if we don't get past those 
more figurative descriptions and understand the full picture you mentioned, that the Bible paints for us. You mentioned the figurative uh, illustrations there, and but uh, they are just that, though, right, Brad? They're, fi- they're uh, figurative, physical representations of that spiritual realm. Yes, I, I think that's exactly right. And Let me I, mention one more thing. Um, and again, I'm not sure I've ever heard this actually said seriously. I've, I've only heard it said more in jest, but uh, a lot of things said in jest have at least a grain of truth to them, so let me at least deal with it. Someone has, has said, well, you know, we're we're works in progress, or, or uh, I'm, I'm just hoping, or I'm, I'm just glad that God is a, is a God of grace, and, and maybe I will barely get in to heaven there, and, and, and I, I, I don't really want to mention, I, I, I will settle for a, a shack right out there on the edge of town. Um, now, maybe I'm swerving into something of a different subject, but, but again, I think that betrays a misunderstanding of what heaven is. I mean, if you're either in heaven or you're not, and, and if, if you're in heaven, you will, you will walk its streets, as it were, uh, with, with anybody and everybody else. Who's there? There's, there is no almost or, or just barely. Uh, there, there's, there is approved and there's not approved. There is in heaven and, and then there's not in heaven. There's not an underachiever section of heaven? I, I, I don't think so. There's not a low class section of heaven versus the high class section in the middle of town, perhaps. Hey, hey, Brad, we'll talk about this too quickly before our time's up, but. Uh... We, we, you and I talked in the in our email. You know, there's the idea that when I get to heaven, I'm going to have a big, uh, fancy mansion. It's going to be pretty elaborate. It's going to have the fancy staircase and chandelier and all that. Um, I don't. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bible doesn't. I don't know that the Bible tells us we're all going to have our own mansion, Brad or Dad. Uh, Jesus says no, there's many mansions and that, that He's going to prepare a place for us. But He doesn't say that you know we're going to have our own. It certainly doesn't come out and say that, and in fact, in, in other places, it doesn't really mention uh, mansions or buildings uh, buildings of any kind. It talks about streets, talks about trees, talks about a river, but uh, I almost get the impression that there there are no uh, uh, structures like that, at least from one. Well, you know, so I, we I have our on. houses. We have our houses, Brad, to protect us from inclement weather and so forth. My idea is in heaven there won't be weather and there won't be a need to be protected from the elements. That's typically what our houses are for. Uh, I really think, and I agree with what you said, that this is figurative language. The God of heaven is trying to put into words, figuratively put into words, an idea that suggests something so wonderful it can't be described. Beyond description, there aren't any things in our Vocabulary, and for that matter, there aren't any things in our human experience that can really allow us to picture what heaven will be like. And I think that's why the figurative terminology of, of streets of gold, a crystal sea, and so forth, I think that's why they're used, although they, they, even those ideas can't properly convey. We got an email coming in from Jerry who writes, what's the difference? Brad, you might address this question. What is the difference in singing about a mansion and have in heaven, and the way heaven is described in Revelation 21. I, uh, Jacob, we're up against a break. Let's take that question right when we come back. Brad, think about that. What's the difference between that song that sings about a mansion in heaven and the way heaven is described in Revelation Brad, 21? Brad, you're okay to stay on through the break? Yes, sir. Be glad to. All right. Stay tuned. We'll continue with this question and many more on the other side of this break. And take this time to join in on the discussion. You can call us right now and talk to us live, 877-381-4567, or email us. 
Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Do you remember when elders, deacons, preachers, Bible class teachers, and all church members had a strong commitment to the Word? Do you recall when you could always count on book, chapter, and verse preaching from the pulpit? Can you think back to a time when Christians were known as people of the book because they knew their Bible so well? We're trying to be like a church you read about in the Bible, and we're still doing the same things that you remember from way back when. Are you longing for a return for the way things used to be? Come and visit. See for yourself at the College View Church of Christ. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. Thank you for being a part of it. We're looking forward to your participation at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We threw the hot potato to Brad before the break. And uh, repeat the question so that uh, we can be reminded. Brad Jerry writes in and asks, what's the difference? We were talking about singing that song. And you and I both said, you know, we're not very comfortable with that song. It talks about, I want to, uh, I'm, I'm satisfied with just a, what's it say, Brad, just a uh, humble abode here, a cottage below, below, little silver, a little gold. But in heaven, I want a gold one that's silver lined, a a mansion that's, yeah, and and Jerry has written in, what's the difference in singing about a mansion such as that in heaven and the way it is described in Revelation 21? What's your thoughts there, Brad? Um, well, let me also be fair with the song itself, but I, I think that when, when you take into consideration the entire song, like verse 2, for instance, though often tempted, tormented, and tested, and like, uh, like the prophet, my pillow of stone, and though I find no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion my own. Okay, I, I, I sort of have to forgive the, the mansion my own thing, but clearly the point is, it's, it's not about what's here, it, and, and it's not about uh, making a permanent home on earth, it's about living your life so that you can have an eternal dwelling in heaven. That's clearly the point of the song. It's just that the uh, the, the figures that it appeals to seems, seem to me to be more carnal than, uh, than, than spiritual. Um, but as for how things are described in, in Revelation uh, 21, uh, again, I, I, I think that we have to consider these things to be to be figurative um, because it, it, it talks about certain things like the, the measurements in heaven, but then there are other places in the Bible where it says that God's, God, God's basically not bound by any physical measurements, that kind of thing. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about how, how that God will be there. So it, it, it seems to me that those are simply there to try to, to to attempt to describe the grandeur of heaven, but 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 not necessarily be literal things that are going to be there. Um, I, I, perhaps that deals with with the question adequately. Well, you know, I think Brad that really, if there are mansions in heaven, I'm certainly satisfied that whatever God plans for us in heaven will be wonderful, and as I said earlier, beyond description. But I think what you and I were especially talking about with that song. Uh, was the idea of it, its its materialistic outlook? That's what I want. I want gold and silver. You know, mm-hmm. we criticize the Muslims who say that if they die as a martyr for their faith, they get seventy virgins in heaven. We say, what a carnal thing for mm-hmm. these Muslims to say they want to die and go to heaven where they have seventy virgins attending to them. And we criticize them over that, and rightfully so, I think. So let's be careful that we're not also carnal in the way we look at, at heaven. 
I agree, and I, I don't want to swerve too much into what you have planned for later on the, in the program, so let me just mention it, and I'll let you guys uh, perhaps read it. There is, uh, in the songbook that we have uh, down here at Pepper Road where I worship, it's Praise for the Lord, and there are five verses in the song, The Sands of Time. And the last verse, really, maybe just about as well as any man fighting, captures the, the number one, what, what heaven is going to be and why we want to be there, number two. Uh, so uh, you, you guys might look that verse up. Brad, so if, you've got it handy, wanna, if you've got it handy, why don't you go ahead and read it for us? Uh, okay. Because I, we don't have that handy. Okay. Well, this, again, this is the sands of time. And uh, this actually was a new verse on me. We had this same song in a different book, but the verses were a little different. But this is verse 5 in uh, Praise for the Lord. And and the verse goes this way. The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my king of grace. Not at the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hand. The lamb is all the glory of Emmanuel's land. That, that, to me, tells me why I want to be there and what really ought to give me um, the, the most satisfaction in being there. That's right, to be with God. That's what it's about. That's absolutely right. Exactly right. Brad, thank you for joining us on the phone with your good comments tonight. And thank, huh? you, and thank you for listening and, and your participation periodically on the program. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Brad. All right, uh, we'd like to hear from you on the phones, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com. Really do appreciate, Brad, for taking time out of yeah, this uh, Thursday yeah. night to join us and really some some thoughtful comments and some things for us to think about. Jerry has sent in a follow-up. Uh, he says the World English Bible renders John 14, 2 as many homes rather than many mansions. So he said, uh, so uh, maybe the idea is just an, a, a, an abode, a, a place to be, a place to, to exist. And certainly appreciate Jerry for his comments. And, and, and Jerry's correct. It's, there is nothing wrong with singing about heaven and singing about the wonders of heaven. But I guess your point, Dad, was that let's not get bound up in the physical aspects of, of heaven, making heaven a place like uh, a, a, a fancy part of town here on earth. Let's make sure that we keep it a spiritual place. I think that's the key. And, and I do. And I don't think Jerry or anybody else disagrees with us. I believe that, that, you know, heaven is a spiritual place. It's not a physical place. There won't be physical gold or silver there. I think we all understand that. And uh, at least I hope we do. Uh, you know, we say, as I said earlier, the Muslims, we think they're wrong when they say they want to go there to have 70 virgins attend to them. We know that Jesus taught that in heaven they neither marry nor given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. And so... Um, you know, that, if we understand that, that the descriptions of heaven in the scripture are intended to help us simply realize the, the awesomeness of what God intends for those who will serve him faithfully in this life, that's the key, I believe. And what we need to, and we'll talk about it throughout the program tonight for the remainder of the program, but we need to focus on the fact that heaven is a spiritual place and that heaven will be with God all the time. There will be no sin. We'll be worshiping God continually, and that's what heaven's going to be like. And so, if that's what heaven's going to be like, Dad, and it's not going to be golf and fish and golfing and fishing and shopping and maybe golf. Don't you say no, maybe. If, it, if it's not going to be there, oh, okay. And if it's not going to be there, then we need to make sure that our focus is on what heaven's going to be like when we get there. You know, if we spend all of our time golfing and shopping and fishing, spent no time thinking about God and thinking about worshiping Him. We'd be sorely disappointed if we got to heaven 
when we found out that what we're doing in heaven is nothing that we we, we don't have any experience doing that here on I know. earth. I, I remember you preached a sermon one time, Jacob, that heaven might be a drag to certain people who don't enjoy spiritual activities here and now. Heaven ultimately will be all spiritual activities. 24-7. Well, it won't be 24-7. There will be no time. But it will be continually serving, worshiping, praising, adoring God in heaven. It will be the spiritual activities that we get just... We really just have a shadow of those things here and now. But if we don't enjoy the shadow of these things here and now, why would we why would we uh, enjoy the ultimate fulfillment of those things in heaven? That's a good question to ask. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com are the ways you participate in the program tonight, and we do hope that you'll give us a call or send us an email. Especially give us a call if you uh, have any comments you'd like to add to the program tonight. We'd like well, to hear from you on the phone. We've dealt with our first question, what are some of the mistaken ideas of heaven? But a second question we asked to our update list earlier today was, what will heaven really be like? And Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee said, hard to say since most of the information we have, for instance, in the book of Revelation, describes, describes it in a format of what won't be happening. No tears, no sorrow, no night, etc., Maybe God has left off a physical description because it would be hard to communicate something of this nature when it is not relegated to the physical realm. Maybe only emotions, he says, are the best way to describe it. Happiness, peace, contentment, joy, etc. Being with God and Jesus and all the saints for all eternity, surely that is hard to describe in any way. So I, I, I think Jim has got a good point. Uh, and I, he emphasizes what we talked about there, that really heaven is about being with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that's the key, and that's what we need to be uh, really desirous of. That ought to be our prime motivation for seeking heaven, is to be with God throughout all eternity. All right. Uh, we have John in Indiana stumped with our question tonight about what heaven will be like. He says he's not sure, but he won't be disappointed. And so that uh, truly is uh, a good sentiment there. Heaven will not be a place where we're disappointed in any way, Dad. Simply being in the presence of God would be impossible to be disappointed if you're uh, you're blessed to be in the presence of God. Well, you know, you think about the, the wonders of this physical creation that he provided for us. And if our physical existence here in this in this physical universe is so abundant and wonderful as it is, we're so richly blessed here and now. Heaven being even greater than that, then, as John said, surely there'll be no disappointment in it. No way. All right. Thank you, John, for your comments tonight. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Let's go ahead and go to our break a little early. We were late on our first break. Let's go to our second break early and get this week's bullet point and listen to that. And when we come back, let's talk about some more of the characteristics of heaven. We still have an email from Kelly to take. We're looking forward to taking an email from you or taking a phone call. As we talk about heaven, Dad, let's get into on the other side of the break talking about some of the, the descriptions of heaven and what it is all about and what we can expect in heaven. Let us know your thoughts and stay tuned. We'll be right back after this week's bullet point. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. A nearby religious organization advertises that it has two worship services each Sunday morning. One is, quote, traditional and the other is, quote, contemporary. 
But we have not visited either one. We suspect that these distinctions indicate that the first follows the routine patterns that have been observed in that denomination for many years. The contemporary service, on the other hand, likely breaks those long-standing practices and seeks to attract a younger, more religiously liberated crowd. The whole notion of choice in this matter of worship is what deserves our attention. Choice is good, even preferable in many realms. We would be upset if we had no freedom to choose houses, cars, clothes, food, etc. In these areas, we have a preference and we act upon it. We allow that others may choose differently and that is okay. To each his own, we say. But men have mistakenly concluded that we are also free to choose what we like in worship specifically and in religion generally. The quote, church of your choice, was a popular slogan many years ago. We don't hear that phrase much anymore, but we certainly see that the concept has taken root. The denominations are full of people who have sought and found what appeals to them. What God wants, what he has commanded and authorized, seems to be of little concern. Jesus taught that, quote, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, John 4, 24. This important verse emphasizes two key aspects of acceptable worship. It must be in spirit, indicating that the Father expects a sincere, heartfelt service. Without it, he is not pleased, Matthew 15, verse 8. But our worship must also be in truth, that is, in accordance with the commands of the Scripture. Those who do not submit to the authority of God's law will not be saved, Matthew 7, verses 21 through 25. Traditional or contemporary is the choice offered by men, but the only right choice is to serve God according to the truth of the scriptures. Anything else is an eternal mistake. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hello, my name is Kent Bumgardner. My family and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Please join us. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And welcome back. We're talking about heaven on the program tonight. We're looking at the characteristics of heaven. We talked about some things that heaven will not be. It's not going to be a physical place where we enjoy physical things that we enjoyed here on earth. But it's going to be a spiritual place, and we're looking at some of those characteristics now. Kelly in Baltimore, Maryland, answers the question, what will heaven really be like? She says it will be paradise, and references 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 2 through 4, and Luke 23, verse 43. Dad? Well, maybe just be careful about terminology there. We believe that paradise, especially when she references Luke chapter 23, that has to do with the statement that Jesus made to the thief on the cross. In Luke twenty-three forty-three. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. We believe that Jesus was promising the thief on the cross that, that he would be with Jesus in the part of the Hadean world that is referred to as Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort, paradise. Um, we see that pictured in Luke chapter 16 when Jesus told the story of the rich man and Lazarus. I think we'll talk about that story more later in our study tonight. But paradise, as that word, a proper noun there. Yeah, as a proper name of a place has to do with that section of Hades. Hades is the realm of departed spirits. When we die, when our spirit departs the body, the spirit goes to Hades. In Hades, there are two parts, either paradise or torment. And there, the departed spirits await the final resurrection. In John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, The hour is coming in that which, in that which all of the, that are in the grave shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. So those departed spirits await the, the final resurrection in Hades. And that comforting part of Hades is called paradise. And so I, we don't want to use that. We don't want to mix up that 
realm with the eternal heaven where where the righteous will go to be with God throughout eternity. And certainly we could say that that would be paradise to be in the presence of God for eternity. Yeah, with that with that correction we could say certainly it will be a a a paradise type situation now, to be with God. She references Second uh, Corinthians chapter 12 verses 2 through 4, one that Eric a few weeks ago referenced when Paul had an experience he didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body but says in verse 4 of Second Corinthians chapter 12 uh, that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Think Paul was taken into the Hadean realm or into heaven, Dad? I'm not sure. But, uh, but I would think probably heaven. Okay, so it could be. It would be appropriate then to, to refer to heaven as yeah, being it, uh, right, paradise. Right. Okay. All right. And uh, she says, and she references also in her answer to what heaven will really be like, John chapter 14, verse 2. She says, we know that the Lord will be there because he said so. Um, and that is certainly a comforting thought, Dad, and a motivation to be uh, striving to go to heaven uh, because the Lord will be there. In John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus told his disciples, and by Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself that where I am and there ye may be also. And so certainly it is a comforting thought uh, to think that we could be with the Lord forever. Then she goes on to say Revelation 21, 2 and 18 through 21 tells us about all the beauty we can expect. But we will really but will we really care at that point? We will be in all of him. There will be no more sorrow or pain. Revelation 21, 4, no more night. We're talking endless days. Revelation 21, 23 through 25. Only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be that life will be there. Revelation twenty one twenty four or twenty seven rather. Uh, uh, let me add in a comment. Jerry has has emailed in again. I think Jerry thought we were disagreeing with him earlier. And Jerry, we're not. We agree, and I think you've put it very well here. Jerry says it seems to me that the description of heaven in Revelation twenty one, in physical terms such as pearls, gold, jasper, etc., are intended for us to appreciate the great beauty and value of heaven. Certainly it is not going to be physical, but we are physical individuals and cannot understand fully the spiritual realm without comparing it to the physical as the Holy Spirit did in Revelation 21. I think you're right on, Jerry. I think that's why we have those kind of descriptions. And I think that's the same thing that Kelly is saying in her uh, email. And then finally, Kelly adds, there will be no more questions about God. There will be continuous love. God is love. Love is throughout the Bible and continuous worship. And I think that's the key. Kelly's hit upon the key there. It will be to be with God. All right, certainly. Thank you, Kelly, for those comments. Thank you, Jerry, for your participation tonight on the program and uh, for your comments and helping us clear up uh, some things that may have been misunderstood. We appreciate that from you, Jerry. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. As we look at heaven, Dad, and what the scriptures say about it, it's uh, clear that heaven is a reward. So as yeah. we talk about the things that are going to be in heaven and the fact that it won't be physical, it's, it will be a reward, and it should be something we're striving for. Exactly right. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 11, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Notice he said it's a reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Um, okay, it's a reward. Uh, Paul said in Romans 8, verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And, and Second Corinthians 4, verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
So Paul was looking forward to it. He saw it as the, the problems of this life can't be compared to the wonderfulness of what that will be like in heaven. He captured very well in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, that idea of a reward and striving for that reward. Paul said in Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them, also that love his appearing. And so there is that crown of righteousness that Paul was looking forward to. It was motivating him, and it should motivate us as well. That's right. And that in our discussion about the mansion, uh, even the song, The Mansions Over the Hilltop, has, uh, we're getting another email here from Carol in Alabama who says, Concerning the song Mansions Over the Hilltop, right now I don't see any problem with singing the song. I have never thought of a carnal connotation. I see it as only a semblance relating to the spiritual figurative language found in the Revelation. And I think that's right. I I don't disagree with you, Carol, or with Jerry uh, on that. Um, It is, and these passages we've just looked at jacob indicate it's a reward it's and we're supposed to consider it to be a wonderful place uh i guess probably what brad and i maybe brad and i went out on a limb too far there but and brad kicked the hornet's nest and, and then went away yeah brad's not here on the Man. phone to defend himself so now i'm gonna have to defend you brad uh but i i i think what brad and i were trying to say is we don't want to have a carnal view of heaven and I think the best thing to, to parallel to that, that we'd all agree is wrong is what the Muslims believe when they think they're going to get 70 virgins you in heaven. You just believe the song is walking that line a little I bit I think too it's, close. to me, and it's a judgment call. I think a lot of songs, you know, we talk about songs have poetic license and you have to uh, grant the author of the song some degree of poetic license. I think that one just maybe stretches that license a little further than I'm comfortable with. Uh, but, I, I'm agreeing with everybody who's emailed in and say that's just a way to try to get us to see that heaven will be wonderful. And I agree. It will be a reward. And we just read from the pen of the Apostle Paul and even the quote from Jesus himself saying it's going to be a reward in heaven. All right. Appreciate those uh, comments, Carol. Thank you for joining in tonight. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about heaven tonight, it is a reward. And, and along those lines, it closely related to it, Dad, it is referred to as an inheritance. And that is something that uh, is beneficial here on earth, an inheritance, and certainly will be beneficial in heaven as well. First uh, uh, Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 call it an inheritance, but it says it's incorruptible, undefiled, it fades not away. Any earthly inheritance that a person might receive, Jacob, is only temporary, you know. If and and of course you don't get to look forward to an inheritance from me. There's not going to be anything for you to inherit from me. But if you had a rich father and he left you a million dollars, that still would be an, a temporary thing. It wouldn't last forever. It'd be corruptible, and it would it would be a defiled thing that soon fades away. But the inheritance of heaven will not be of that nature, according to what Peter said in First Peter chapter one, verses three through four. Incorruptible, undefiled, and fades not away, and so it's certainly something that we can look forward to. And that idea of inheritance, Dad, is something that your father has planned out for you, and has, uh, has, um, has set up for you, and established for you. And that is a comforting thought as well to know that God has planned this for us, and has uh, has established this for us, and wants this for us. Exactly right. Uh, earlier in one one of the comments about false notions of heaven was the idea of just kind of lounging, laying around, doing nothing. And we do think that that's a false view of heaven, but heaven is referred to as a rest. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning verse 9, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. 
And we are encouraged, let us therefore, let us labor therefore to enter into the rest. Uh, so it will be a rest from our labors. It will be a rest from the turmoil or troubles of this life. And so in that sense, rest is a good thing to think of. I don't think you'll just be lounging around doing nothing. That rest kind of, is rest is relative to what we going on going on here. It's a rest from the trials and tribulations here on earth and the, and the laboring here on earth. Uh, it's a rest from that, but not not a rest from all activity. That's right. And you know, if you're going to get a rest, then what that implies is that you are working now. In other words, you you labor. He's the the Hebrew writer says, "Let us labor, therefore." To enter to the rest. We labor now so we can have rest later. I, a lot of people looking for the rest of heaven who don't really deserve that rest, that reward, that inheritance because they haven't done anything here that would justify that. And so that's, that's probably a good warning for us to give. If you want the rest of heaven, then you better be working now uh, so that it's an appropriate so there's thing. something to rest from. That's right. That's yeah, right. you don't go on vacation and get back and say, boy, I just need to, I need to go on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work in order to enjoy those those rest and, and that vacation. And then finally, Jacob, I think heaven. In other words, we're talking about some things we absolutely know about heaven, and one of the things we absolutely know about heaven is that it'll be a home with God. Notice the wording of Paul in Second Corinthians five, beginning verse six. This is the New American Standard Version. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. And that's the key. And I think that's the thing that we've been wanting to stress to uh, our study tonight. That's the the ultimate. That's the key. It's to be eternally with God in heaven and uh, to home. be with him. That's at what will make heaven wonderful. Certainly so. 877-381-4567. Questions at CollegeView. Dot com. We'll take a break. When we, we get back, Jake, we want to talk about that question. Will we recognize one another? Will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? you got time to get in on that question. That's, a, that's a, I think, a very challenging, a very interesting question. Give us your thoughts. Will we recognize one another? Will we recognize our loved ones in heaven? All right. Let us know your thoughts over the phone, 877-381-4567, over email, questions at collegeview.com. You'll have about 15 minutes when we get back to make your voice heard. We hope you'll join in. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. 
I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Oops, uh, we are back. and That's a mistake. I messed up there. We're back. Welcome to the program. And we're talking about heaven tonight, and we are still looking forward to hearing from you if you haven't joined in on the discussion yet. Uh, Dad, uh, we're getting into another question that really is inconsequential. I don't think it matters what you believe on this subject, uh, but it is interesting for discussion and interesting as we think about the nature of heaven. Will we recognize others when we get there? I think that's a neat question to ask. It's an interesting thing to consider But as you say, Jacob, it doesn't matter ultimately. It certainly wouldn't affect our salvation, whichever position we took on this question. And I've known good brethren who who have argued it both ways. I don't think it would be the kind of thing that we'd have to fall out with one another about, but I think it is interesting. I actually take the view that I think we will recognize one another. We will recognize others in heaven. Um there's some arguments let's let's see first of all jacob maybe we should look and see what some of our emailers have said uh jim in mount pleasant says he thinks yes he says i think we will we will because the rich man was able to recognize both abraham and lazarus according to what jesus taught in luke 16 verse 24 now remember luke 16 is talking about hades abraham and lazarus were in the place of paradise in hades awaiting the resurrection we understand that. I think Jim understands that and not not arguing differently. But I think he is saying here were a couple of spirit beings in beyond the grave. They were beyond the grave, but they were recognizable. Their identities were known. And and so that would tell us that our identity is preserved beyond the grave. In other words, after, when we die, we don't just become a nameless, unaccounted spirit being. Those spirit beings in paradise still had their identity. And the angels in heaven are discernible. They have names and identity. That's right. Michael and Gabriel are two that we know of in the Bible. So I agree with Jim's comment. I think that's a good one. I think it's. I think he's on track. Uh, John in Indianapolis says to the question, will we recognize one another or our loved ones in heaven? He says, does it matter? That won't take away one bit of glory or peace from heaven. I agree I, with him. I appreciate that. that sentiment. I agree. I mean, it, it does not ultimately matter. Whatever heaven will be will be wonderful. And then Kelly in Baltimore has written, I'm not sure, she says. I remember reading a tract that spoke of being gathered in the Old Testament after several deaths as if people were going to be amongst those that they would know. Deuteronomy 31.16, 34.6, Judges 2, verse 10 were used. I know that our earthly relationships will no longer be there, for instance, spouses, but I don't know if that means we will not recognize each other or remember them at that one point. Uh, those that at one point we had a relationship with. I remember in Luke 16 that the rich man in Hades remembered Lazarus, so I'm not sure because I know Hades and heaven are not in the same spiritual realm. Uh, she, she pretty well covered exactly what we were talking about there. And she uh, she goes back to that point, in heaven we're not married, we won't have spouses, that's a physical thing, and it'll be a spiritual place when we get to heaven, and so thus uh, we're not married or given in marriage. Uh, she, she, I think she brought up an interesting phrase there, the Old Testament phrase, gathered to his people. For instance, in Genesis chapter 25, beginning verse 8, Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. 
And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Sohar the Hittite, which is before Mamre. But notice it says that he died and was gathered, uh, he was gathered to his people and then his sons buried him. Being, in other words, some people might say gathered to his people means he was buried in his family burying place, but that was separate. He was, he died. He was gathered to his people, which I think is referencing what happened to his soul. And his physical body was buried in the cave of Machpelah. I think that gathered to his people would indicate that he was gathered to those who were known to him. Um, similar expressions uh, is used in Deuteronomy 32, verses 48 through 52. I won't read all of that. But Moses, it says, was gathered to his people, uh, even as Aaron, his brother, had died in Mount Hor. Uh, Deuteronomy 34, verse 5, Moses, the servant of the God, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, and, and he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor, but no man knoweth his sepulcher to this day. So he was gathered to his people where his body was buried, nobody knows, but he himself was gathered to his people. And then one more in Second Samuel 12, when when David's son that was born to Bathsheba, his first son born to Bathsheba, was very ill and died. Remember, David had been grieving and fasting. When the child died, he got up, he he washed himself, he anointed himself, changed his apparel, and came to the house of the Lord and worshipped. And he said to those who wondered why he would react that way, he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Notice, David anticipated going to his son. Well, if we would, if he wouldn't recognize him, that doesn't make, uh, at least doesn't seem to make as much sense. So I would say that all of those arguments from the Old Testament, the idea of being gathered to your people, going to be with them, would be arguments in favor of the idea that we would recognize one another. All right. Uh, again, insignificant, I believe, but uh, is interesting uh, to think about the nature of heaven. Certainly those are indications, I believe, that uh, there will be some uh, remembrance and understanding of people in heaven. Uh, there is another that uh, I can't uh, let's see here. Um, in Revelation chapter 4, uh, John re- references he sees 24 and 20 elders fall down before him that sit on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before him. And so he was able to distinguish that there were 24 elders there. Um, so, again, some indication that uh, there is some identity and, and distinguishableness in heaven. Okay. Uh, I've got one more argument here we might add from the the, the transfiguration. Uh, of course, um, Moses and Elijah were recognizable long after their death when they appear on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. Um, the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, I think, has already been mentioned, would indicate individual identities pers- uh are preserved beyond the grave. And then in Luke 13, verse 28, Jesus said, There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. In other words, to the Jews who were rejecting him, he said, You will see the Old Testament patriarchs. You will see them, indicating they would be recognizable. They themselves would be excluded. All of those kind of things, I think, suggest that we will. Now, we're getting some emails coming in on this question, Jacob. Uh, Jerry has added Matthew twenty-two thirty. 
indicates that there will not be physical relationships in heaven. That's where Jesus said the angels neither marry nor are given in marriage and we shall be like them. No marriage in heaven. He says, my thinking is we will recognize individuals as brethren. That is, we are related, but in a spiritual way, not in a physical. I would agree. We won't have the physical relationships of heaven. In other words, my wife won't be my wife. My children won't be my children. Those relationships are are physical relationships in heaven. It won't be that way, but we, I think, will recognize one another. Uh, uh, Brad, who was with us in person earlier in the program, says about this question, he says, that's a tough one. I cannot think of anything that specifically states that we will recognize one another. The closest thing to that is what David says after his first child by Bathsheba died. I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Again, that doesn't actually say for certain. There is perhaps an implication that David would recognize his son. But it certainly isn't spelled out explicitly. All right. Thank you, Brad, for joining us again. And you have another comment yeah, there. I think there's another to. one here. Look I at this one, Jacob. It references the transfiguration of Jesus. Carol in, in Alabama refer- calls or emails in again. At the transfiguration of Jesus, we know that Peter, James, and John knew who Moses and Elias were. We aren't told how they knew them, but they did. And so, again, an, an indication that our identity is preserved. Um, but we will be changed, but the, that identity is, is preserved in some way, some fashion, and, and indications that we will in, uh, identify and understand and recognize other people. Here's the big thing, Jacob. Here's, I think here's the big hang-up on this question. If we recognize one another in heaven, then here's, here's, the, here's a scenario. How would you answer this scenario? So we're going to recognize each other in heaven, and I think that's, I think that's the right conclusion. Again, I wouldn't fall out with anybody about it, but I think that's the right conclusion. But let's say here's the scenario. So I make it to heaven, but my wife is not there. How could I be happy throughout an eternity in heaven if my dearest loved one on earth is not there to enjoy it with me? Now, we already said we're not going to be married in heaven. We understand that. But still, yet. How could I really rejoice in heaven, be happy, and and all the other things we've talked about heaven will be if I knew that the one I love most of all wasn't there to be with, to enjoy those things as well? And I think that's the thing that probably has caused some people to say, therefore, we won't know each other in heaven because those things will have to be kept hidden from us. Because if we ever recognized that someone very special to us wasn't there to enjoy it with us, we would be devastated and not be able to enjoy heaven. Uh, I think that's that's an objection that that is raised to the position that we're taking that we will recognize one another in heaven. My answer to that is, and I, I think there is an answer. And and if you've got you've got just a couple minutes here to get in and answer, give us your answer to that question if you if you have one. Here's the way I would approach that: in heaven, we're going to have complete knowledge. We're going to fully understand everything about God and about his wisdom and his justice. In other words, we'll be able to to know perfectly the basis upon which anyone who is excluded from heaven was excluded. We'll know the full justice of it. Human emotions will be taken away. Uh, In Revelation 21, verse 4, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Human emotions won't be a part of us in heaven. Instead, we'll have complete, full knowledge and complete understanding, and we'll know God's justice and fairness in all of his dealings. And so I think that the key to it is that the things that that would cause us to, to have 
a negative emotion here on earth won't be true in heaven. Uh, it's all, Matthew 22, verse 30 has already been referenced in the resurrection. They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. And so some of the things that the, the, the way we relate to, to these things here on earth and the way we might feel cons- because of the way we relate to those things here on earth will not be true in heaven. Instead, in, in heaven, we will be spiritual beings with complete and total understanding of God and his righteousness and his justice. And therefore, we will not grieve over anything that God has done in that regard. All right. And uh, quickly before we end, Dad, as we talk about will we recognize other others in heaven, there will be people that are beings in heaven that we know we will recognize. We know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in heaven. The passage you just referenced about the angels in heaven are neither, neither married or given in marriage. We know there are angels there, Dad, and then there are also or will also be the saints of all ages in heaven. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 70, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Emphasis on the we there. All saints of all ages will be in heaven together. And I, to me, I, I, I gotta admit to, that to me, that's one of the things that I also anticipate about the wonders of heaven to be with God ultimately, but also to be in the presence of Moses and Elijah and the apostle Paul and all the great saints throughout the ages, all those heroes of faith mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. To me, that makes the idea of heaven all the more thrilling. Uh, the idea of, of being there and having having the capacity for complete knowledge and understanding. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't know, questions that we have that we can't get an answer to here in this lifetime, and the idea that those questions will be completely answered and there will be nothing that escapes our understanding in heaven. That's, to me, part of the great uh, prize of heaven. That's the, that's the part of that reward that we talked about that Jesus mentioned, great is our reward in heaven. So... Um, I, I guess the in summary, Jacob, I, I, I still am going to come down on the side of saying, yeah, I think we probably will recognize one another in heaven. Uh, again, I wouldn't fall out with anybody, or you know, that I don't think it's a we don't have to we don't have to have all all agreeing on that subject because it's not essential to our obedience or our salvation. But it is interesting to think about. All right, and as we think about heaven, Dad, and what it will be like. In Revelation chapter 4, John says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, and which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one set on the throne, and he that set was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats, Upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders setting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voice, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Uh, It goes on down, and we see in verse 10, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever, and they cast their crowns before the throne. And we see there an incredible scene being before the Lord there in heaven, and certainly something that we want and to And the idea forward. that we can be there. That's what heaven's about. 
and to worship him forever and ever. And as I think about that, Dad, I think about the fact that uh, this earth is a training ground for that, uh, that uh, we're getting ready, we're practicing on worshiping God here on earth. And with all the limitations of this physical life, limitations of our understanding about uh, the glory of God, and physical limitations that hinder us from worshiping God as we would like. But when we get into heaven, all those physical uh, constraints and uh, hindrances will be removed and we'll be worshiping God continuously forever. Certainly is an exciting thought and one that we need to be focusing on in this life. This life is not all there is. The physical things of this life are temporary and will soon be vanishing away. We need to be focusing on what we're all about, and that is to worship God forever and ever. Yeah, one last email comment real quick from Mike in Cullioka, Tennessee. He says, we understand maybe more of what hell will be like because we see more things in this life that are related to bad more so than good, murders, drunks, etc. The bad things we see and deal with in this life should be enough to make all of us realize how great heaven will be. All of the horrible evil, all of the terrible things will be removed, I think, is what Mike's pointing out, and a good point. We appreciate that. Thanks, Mike. Thanks to all of you who, who participated in our study tonight. We, we're glad to have you as participants in the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll spread the word to others. As we think about heaven, Dad, and what it will be like, it helps us to have the same sentiment that John had in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, uh, verse 20. And he which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. And John answers, Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Certainly, Dad, we should be looking forward to that home in heaven, and we should be striving to live a life that's pleasing to God so that we can be with him forever in heaven. Exactly right. Thank you for the thoughts tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. Thank you for your participation. We hope you benefited from our discussion of heaven tonight. If you have any questions or comments about the things that we said on the program tonight, Regardless of when you may be listening to this program, we hope you will take a moment and send us your comments to questions at collegeview.com, or you can call us at 877-381-4567. Again, we appreciate you listening to the program tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.